Hello to anybody who's listening. Before we even get into this episode, I just want to say thank you for listening and I appreciate any and all support. Hello everyone, welcome to and welcome back to the Critique and Chill Podcast. As always, it's your boy Cadence. Right into the review, Superman Batman Public Enemies is a DC animated original film based off of the comic book storyline of the same name. The first thing to notice with this movie is that it's beautiful. The art style just pops and is very visually appealing. It's all about the character design with this animation. The environments are not memorable and they're very unimportant throughout the story and even for their look. The idea with the character design seems to be grounded in emphasis and color. The colors are really saturated and bright, while the best characteristics of each character is refined, polished, and emphasized in whatever way best serves the character. The best examples of this are Shazam, formerly known as Captain Marvel, Power Girl, Superman, and Lois Lane, with the absolute standouts being Power Girl and Shazam. Lois Lane is kind of a runner-up in that case only because of the brevity of her appearance in the film. Power Girl's design is that of many elements, individually making something simple. The yellow, blue, and red in her hair, boots, and cape respectively are super saturated while her actual body frame is strong and slender, simultaneously making it possible for her to look superhumanly strong but humanly sexy, and it was kept tasteful enough when it came to her proportions and costume. Shazam's red and gold is just gorgeous, made better by the fact that they chose to make his hair kind of a dark purple, an indigo-ish type color, and the fact that every male character has already a overtly muscular build really makes his costume pop. It's just very appealing to the eye, and it's one of the best looking parts of this movie, even though he's not in it for that long. Lois Lane's design in this movie is the best animated Lois Lane I've seen ever. The burgundy dress she has on, along with the black, somewhat dark bluish hair that she rocks in this gives her actual character design like even if the camera doesn't zoom in on her you know oh that's someone important because in most cases Lois Lane is just lady who's with Superman and that's as far as it goes before I even get any more into the aesthetics of the movie like most comic book movies the plot bar a few exceptions in terms of superhero movies is just a vehicle for the spectacle it comes complete with paper thin motivations glossed over minutia and severe deficits of common sense so i'm gonna just overlook the plot because it's not important in the slightest clancy brown is the star of this movie he's the first listed credit and he is the most deserving of it his voiceover is the most accurate that i've ever heard for lex luther in terms of his character it's gentle and strong but it does well at conveying and undertone of ulterior motive. He's definitely my favorite Lex Luthor voice actor and his performance climaxes when he delivers the line, I know evil, which is ironic and brilliant for reasons that you should really just watch the movie to fully comprehend. Now for all the praise I gave the character design, it does have its missteps. What makes Shazam and Power Girl's design stand out is how emphasized every element of their character is without being overbearing. And it's because they have so many small details that the balance is well kept because the balance is almost forced upon it by the character design itself. But there are two cases where this doesn't work, and one where no work was put in at all. The two aforementioned cases are Major Force and Captain Atom, who for, they're already two sides of the same coin, and they're just big dudes in suits. They're really boring. The only variation is Captain Atom has boots and gloves, and Major Force is just two colors and a logo. 
the case where no work was put in was Starfire. And it hurts that much more because she's my favorite character in this movie in terms of what she means in the comics. And she's one of my most favorite superheroes of all time. So to see her handled so poorly in this movie just, it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Even though she's voiced by Jennifer Hale, she has no dialogue and is just bland. She isn't even introduced in the beginning like the rest of the heroes. She's just shoehorned in there. It's to the point where she looks, behaves, and feels like she should be in a different and much more visually boring movie. In the next segments, I'm going to get into the fight scenes. But right now, we're going to get into a quick interlude. everyone right back into it let's talk about the fight scenes the fight scenes in this movie have so much dialogues and breaks in between the action that there's not a lot of room for the continuous action-packed and fully animated combat but good god when it happens it happens metallo and superman's fight scene is very much start and stop but when they really start throwing them hands in the beginning they feel extremely powerful metallo's hits sound and feel so powerful that coupled with the fact that superman has been wake weakened by kryptonite really makes you feel like superman is getting broken down bit by bit with every punch and the punch he delivers to get metallo off of him feels very much like it's the last little bit of strength he could muster in his weakened state which is all exemplified by the super powerful and vibrant designs of the character this fight however has its flaws aside from the its stop and start nature one particular thing that stood out to me metallo who is essentially the bane to superman's batman thought that he by himself could kill superman and batman and batman on his own even though he's been fighting them both for mostly the entirety of his super criminal career and at this point i feel like he should know better the Sazam and superman fight is so good despite its brevity because we finally get to see a fight between two super strong a-list superhumans of similar build throw actual punches no bullet dives no shenanigans and it's well contained and intimate enough to almost like a boxing match with Shazam hitting Superman with a combo that presses all the buttons that the Metallo fight did. And this is made that much better by the idea that Superman is finally getting it handed to him by a kid who's just in a man's body. There are scenes that work best when you know the history from the comics, such as when Gorilla Grodd is hypnotizing Mongo and Lady Shiva, two characters who in the plot of the movie don't fit and as a comic book fan you start asking why is mongo here why is lady shiva here but then we figure out that grod's controlling him and it's like oh okay so i wasn't crazy for thinking that but if you don't know the comics then none of that would it would all fall on deaf ears power girl being so down for superman immediately makes sense if you understand that power girl is essentially supergirl from another dimension she's totally superman's cousin just not that superman her superman from another dimension so superman's like her only liaison to the world she's currently in because she has no way to get back to where she's from if you know the comics it's good to see that every character is not given the captain adam and major force treatment of being irrationally different than their comic counterparts superman as always is incompetent and he's still holding back and He's still going out of his way to not severely beat his enemies when it doesn't even it's not even that hard. Like he has no problem with punching them, but he goes through these these crazy lengths just to not do it. 
there's a scene where he's fighting Silver Banshee, and she is just letting him have it. She is screaming in his face. She's scratching him, and he's like, how could I best stop this? Instead of using my super speed, my heat vision, my ice breath, I'm going to take her to space so she passes out. And it's like, okay, that works, but that shouldn't be the case. You shouldn't just go to that. And Hawkman shows him the errors of his ways when he pulls this gauntlet out of nowhere when Superman is flying him up to space to make him black out too and just steals on him. And it really is, even though Superman's the hero, it's just cool to see that because it's like, Superman, stop doing the most. Just fight. You don't have to do the Superman thing all the time, especially when it's people who are on par with you. Aside from small things like Giganta, a personal favorite supervillain of mine, being in the movie, which really just helped the experience for me, and the fact that the central score they played for the opening and closing credits is pretty good, the movie is a good watch despite its missteps, and is definitely worth the watch if you like superheroes. And while the movie gets better if you're knowledgeable in DC Comics, it's not a must. In short, it's good and it's worth your time. Before I end this episode, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Be sure to go and follow me at Critique Chill at, on Twitter. That's where I'm going to be posting any announcements. And when I get a big enough fan base, I'll be asking questions, trying to figure out what to review next and stuff like that. But until then, thank you.